Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Day. Today is November 24th, 2019. We just spanked the Dirty Birds. Spanked them! We made them look bad. I mean, we had times <laughs> where we looked a little bad, but it was nothing that they did. And they just looked flat. Everybody picked Atlanta to beat us. Except me. You must be feeling pretty good about yourself right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll take them where I can get them. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, a broken clock is still right twice a day. That's right. I've been right four times this year so far. <laughs> what were what was our predictions? I said it was going to be close. I said like 28-24 or something. Your prediction was 28-25 bucks. So you thought it was going to be a lot closer. What was your prediction? I don't know. It just, I don't know what happened to it. I lost that part of my notes. Uh, no, it was 24-13 Atlanta. Molly. Molly. See, even I lost faith. See what happens? I got my Homer glasses on, <laughs> secured with one of the rubber bands. you got to feel so validated right now. Heck yeah. And you saw who showed up. Who made the difference in this game? Sue. The secondary. Yeah. They played incredible. They had... 16 passes defensed on 55 attempts. That's 30% of the passes thrown by Atlanta were batted down out of the air by our secondary. And there was quite a few almost interceptions. Yeah, I think five or six. I don't know. It was a lot. We only ended up with one, but... You got to count them during your analysis of the game film. Yeah. Yeah, we were undercutting those receivers good. That one, Jamal Dean, he thought he had it. He actually started running. He was like four yards away. Heading towards the end zone before he realized he didn't have the ball in his hands. <laughs> oh my God. I like that Jamal Dean, man. There's just something about him. I don't know what it is. It's just he's got a, I don't know, a, a length to him, as B.A. would say. He's got that length. I can't wait to watch the All-22 on this one. Normally when we win, the All-22 is not as interesting. But this one, I, I was seeing a bunch of little stuff that I really liked during the game, especially on the in the trenches. But that, that's my favorite thing to watch is the trenches. So This is one of those games where Jameis had a defense. Right. Show up. Yeah. And he's able to overcome the mistakes that happened early on in the game, the two interceptions. Oh, my God. I was like, I was so mad in that the first half of the first quarter. I was just throwing stuff down. Molly was like, calm down, calm down. <laughs> I was like, we got to get rid of this guy, man. This is just ridiculous. <laughs> there is no way we're going to re-sign him. Now I'm like, re-sign everybody. I like yeah. this team. It's my favorite. But, it- that, but that, that goes back to what we've been saying. It's, it's like when we have a unit on the field that doesn't play well, the other units don't step up to fill the gaps. Well, they did this week. You know, we had Jameis Winston going out there throwing interceptions like right away. His first pass of the game was a damn interception. Yeah, I think second. I think it was the second play. No, I think it was, I don't know. I think it was his first pass. Well, anyhow, I mean, that's really irrelevant, but it was very soon. Right. The first drive, let's let's stick with that first drive. And, you know, put the defense in a tough situation, but they held them to three points. And then the second interception... It's they, kind of the same thing. And at that point, you're like, they have to be pissed off. Oh, yeah. That they got to keep going out there in these short field positions. Yeah, they've had to deal with this all year. Yeah. And, you know, the second time he threw the interception, they made Atlanta go three and out. Jamal Dean had a uh, pass defense on a third and 17 at one point. I, I, you know, it was just everybody stepped up. Matt Gay was missing extra points all over the damn yeah. place. You know, but the other units were stepping up. Tight ends didn't do much today, but... 
And Mike Evans didn't do much today. Godwin stepped up. Running backs didn't do much. No, we had our best running game of the season. Really? See, this is where stats help. We had 133 yards rushing. Well, Jameis Winston had 38 of those. Okay, well, <laughs> then we have 95 yards rushing. Dari had one carry for 12 yards. So he had a, he had a 12-yard average today. <laughs> That's funny. But Ronald Jones has a 4.3-yard average per carry. In this game today? Yeah, in this game. Yeah, he was playing well. And a touchdown. He was playing well. The, the offensive line was blocking really good for him, it looked like. We had a really balanced game. Jameis Winston, 18 of 28. He threw 313 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. No sacks. That's incredible. No sacks. He was not sacked once. And had a rating of 108.2. Do Matt Ryan. Do Matt Ryan. Oh, my gosh. It's really bad. <laughs> 23 of 46 attempts, so 50%, 50%. completion rating. You got you to gotta hand it to the secondary on that one right there. Just, yeah. Just keeping Matt Ryan to 50%. Oh, that's, absolutely. That's only the second time in his career he's been held, right? Yep. Per Greg Allman. He had 271 total yards and zero touchdowns, one interception. He got sacked six times. For 46 yards. 46 yards. And had a rating of 59.3. Oof. Oof. I really thought Dirk Cutter would have had the best of us this game. Just because he knows everyone so well. Not the defense necessarily, but he really could have helped Atlanta's defense. I think that... I thought it was going to be closer than it was because we dominated this game after the first half of the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, they were looking bad. We made them look bad. We were hitting hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, Julio Jones went out with a shoulder. Calvin Ridley landed awkwardly on his wrist. I mean, we were just beating those receivers down. And that's what we mentioned last week. In games where we're not physical, we lose. But I'm glad to see that they got – the physicality back. I was glad to see they were blitzing Whitehead a few times, too. Oh, did they? Yeah. They were getting to Ryan. Nassib was back out there. That was good to see. Yeah. He was causing a disturbance. How about, how about Adamakong Sue? He's got two touchdowns on the season. He's more got than more, Brashard Perriman. He's got more touchdowns <laughs> than Brashard Perriman and more touchdowns this season than Gerald McCoy's had in his whole career. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> we looked it up before the game. Jeremy McCoy has four sacks on the season. Two and a half of them were against us, so he's got one and a half other than that. He still needs two more. Is it two? I think two and a half. Two I don't know. Half. Did he two. get any today? Oh, yeah, the Carolina Panthers lost to the Saints. Oh, yeah, that was a close one. Yeah. Came down to a last-second field goal. It was 31-31. Carolina's kicker missed their field goal, and then yeah. New Orleans drove it down the field and scored it field at the goal. last second. Yeah. So – Carolina's only one game up on us. They're five and six. We're four and seven. And Atlanta's last three and eight. Yep, they're at the bottom of the cellar. So uh, that's good for us. And we don't have to play. Uh, we play Atlanta in the last game of the season, but we're done with our division game. At our house. Yeah. Yeah, those stands were empty. Oh, my gosh. In Atlanta. Yeah. I thought people would show up because they've been winning and they've been on a road Win Street. Well, you know, and, and we talk about fan, how important the 12th man is to teams. Atlanta's been w- winning their away games. And it's the same with the Buccaneers. We win away games more than we do home games. You know, it's got to be somewhat embarrassing for teams to play in an empty stadium at their home. 
And this has got to affect you just a little bit. And this is a game of inches, so any little psychological edge you can get. But those stands were empty. I mean, we were listening to the game, and I was going, do they even have the volume turned up on the crowd mics? Because you couldn't hear. I mean, I, I could hear the coaches talking in the stadium. It was so quiet in there. And especially because... It was just a few years ago that Alina was in the Super Bowl. And so, you know, that <laughs> fan base was hype. They are excited. Their team's doing well. I mean, for a few years, they were contenders for a top in the division. Mm-hmm. And so the fan base got used to that. And then as soon as they start doing out as well, the fan base just drops off. That's what happens when you fan base is made up of nothing but bandwagoners. Well, and it's got to feel horrible for the team because they've been at the top and now they fall. It's one thing to suck all the time and never be up there, but... Yeah, that that Super Bowl hangover will just... Yeah. That can last years. Mm -hmm. I know. Look at Carolina. Yeah. Look at the Rams. They're they're struggling this year. Winston's interceptions. The first one, I don't know if that was Mike Evans' fault for not cutting it in correctly. Uh, The announcers did pick that up. Uh, They said he, he looped around instead of cutting in hard. Because yeah, the so the defender coming. got in front of him. Right. Yeah, he didn't look like he was trying a whole lot. Today. But Jameis also threw that one midair. Like, he jumped up in the air. And no, that was the it. second one. That's, oh, the Dare yeah, one. Yeah. Man, you know, that was just so dumb. Why would, you jump up in the air and throw the ball. And he ends up throwing it behind Dare, and it was picked off. But then after no, that, I he played. Didn't Dare tip it? I think Yeah, Dare he, he had to reach behind him oh, yeah. and he tipped it. Yeah. Right into a defender. But after that, Winston played good. And you brought this up that normally Winston, you know, if he starts off bad, he just, the rest of the game, he's bad. He can't ever see Yeah, kind of like Cam Newton. He just doesn't yeah. get over it and things just kind of snowball. And that's how we've been conditioned as the fan base. Mm-hmm. But we he did, expect it. He did well today with it. He shook it off. And Bruce Aarons has talked about that. One of the things he really likes about James Winston is how... Uh, James Winston just shakes stuff off. He doesn't let anything bother him. You know, when he makes bad plays, he just moves on to the next one. So if you can get that Jameis that makes his mistakes early in the game, but then is able to rally and forget them and play a cleaner game towards the end. You know, if you get that Jameis plus a Jameis that has the defense's help. Right. Yeah, that was the key today was the defense stepped up and filled in the gaps for everybody else. And they were energized, too. They were all congratulating each other. Yeah, that defensive line, man, they were playing as a unit and they were just celebrating after everything. And Vita Vail with a touchdown. I know. (laughs) And Sue with a touchdown. Oh, my gosh. That is awesome. Well, our defensive line had more touchdowns than Julio Jones and... Calvin Ridley. I know. <laughs> They're all wide receivers. Neither one of those broke 100 yards. Calvin Ridley had 85 and Julio Jones had 68. Julio was targeted nine times and only caught five balls. So just over half of the balls. That's what I, I, Yeah, our, our secondary just played lights out today. And we were concerned about Julio because of how physical he is. Mm-hmm. But we hurt him. His shoulder was hurt. Yes. Very Main unusual. Game. Very unusual. I, I can't wait to look at this all 22 and see how they handled all that mess. And we know that tight ends typically do pretty well against us. The Their first- starter, Austin Hooper, he's been out. And so they've been splitting between Jaden Graham and Luke Stalker. Luke Stalker had no receptions today. Who he did you pick target. up in fantasy football? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> she picked up uh, Luke Stalker. She was like, I'm going to pick up Luke Stalker because our tight ends... Tight ends always do good against us, and I agreed with her. I was like, yeah. And, Luke, I looked at the snap counts from last week to see which one was targeted more, more, and I picked that one. It was Luke last week. He had, I think, like 
just over 50% of the snaps, so it really could have gone either way. And he did not catch his only target. And the other tight end, Jaden Graham, he had 53 yards. So. On that one play. On that one was the play. first series for Atlanta, and that was on Devin White. Yeah, he was way behind that yeah. guy. He should have picked him up. Yeah. Or that so, guy got way behind him. So if you take that out of the picture, just that one play, I don't know what other plays they caught passing on Devin White. But if you took that out, then then that means Matt Ryan would have had about 220 yards passing. So Wow. Yeah, that 53-yarder was a big chunk of Matt Ryan's total yardage on just on that one play. But like I said, I mean, the, the rest of the team just, you know, they all stepped up. You know, the guys that could did. Uh, Dean played great. Carlton Davis played great. Our, our whole defense line played great. I mean, Shaq Barrett was just all over the place. I know. We got six sacks. Vale was throwing guys. He was jumping up, batting passes, catching touchdowns. Uh, Sue almost had an interception. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah. Nassib was doing well. Uh, oh, Nacho. Nacho was doing well. He was in that backfield a lot. And, you know, Nacho's a rotational player. He doesn't get a whole lot of snaps. I don't have the snap counts right yet. But just about every time I saw him in there, he was causing huge disturbance, getting in the backfield and all kinds of stuff. But then again, we did talk about this at the beginning of the year, and you pointed it out during the draft that Atlanta's offensive line, would they have three rookies starting this year or two rookies and a free agent thing? I can't remember. I can't remember, but they've been having a lot of turnover on that offensive line for the last few years. It's just one of those problems they can't seem to get corrected. Shaquille Barrett is tied with Chandler Jones at Arizona for the sack lead right now at 12 and a half. Pretty sure he got one sack today, so that'll put him at 12 and a half. Did Check. he only get one? I think so. Let's see. Yep, one sack. Okay, you're right. One sack, one tackle for a loss, four total tackles, two solo tackles, five quarterback hits. But it, those stats don't, you know, don't do justice to as much disruption as he <laughs> disruption as he does. And, you know, that whole defensive line, man, they were just, they were tearing that mess up. But Godwin had a great game. 71-yard touchdown pass. From Jameis Winston to Chris Godwin. That was, and that was really where he recovered from the two prior interceptions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or that no, was, that, I think that was in between them, wasn't it? I think he threw the interception, then he scored that touchdown, then he threw another one. You're correct, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it really seemed like he bounced back from the first bad play. That's the uh, career long for both Winston and Goodwin for a touchdown, 71 yards. Which surprised me. I was like, Really? I, I thought Winston had a longer touchdown pass than 71 yards. I know. Our guys are just never, they're not run after the catch guys. Godwin's the first run after the catch guy we've had. And he did that a few times this Yeah, game. he did. He did. That, that touchdown, that one-handed touchdown he caught that was tipped, and then he got clobbered when he was grabbing the ball. That dude hitting him helped him make the catch. Like, he would have <laughs> made the, the catch ball. otherwise. Yeah. I love that Vita Vea touchdown, though. That was just awesome. I do, too, because that defender didn't want no part of him. He <laughs> ran right – I mean, I'm sure he's blitzing, but – Yeah, there was that play in about three minutes and 20 seconds left in the third quarter where Levante David had that interception, and it bounced right off his hands. Actually bounced and hit Devin White in the chest. <laughs> yeah. So both linebackers missed intercepting that one. Devin White had two sacks today. Yeah, yeah. And eight tackles. Besides that one miss that he had, he had a really good game. It seems like he's kind of getting into a stride. Well, we blitzed more today with our linebackers and cornerbacks and stuff. We did more blitzing than we have in the past few weeks, so that helped. Did Bunting ever come back in the game after he got hurt in the fourth quarter? I don't know. I was wondering that same thing. Yeah, he came off with that knee injury. 
Six sacks today. Yeah. That's nice. Six sacks. And one was a strip sack fumble recovered by the Domicong Sioux for a touchdown. That's awesome. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, who are we playing next week? We play Jacksonville next week at Jacksonville. They're playing right now. They are playing the Titans. So I have to check that game out. We had a lot of players break records today. I want to go through those. Well, I know Mike Evans has tied Randy Moss's record for most 1,000-yard seasons. It's six. Is it yeah, six? six straight. Six straight coming into the league. He's had 1,000 yards every year. That's amazing. That's a, that's a sign of resiliency, consistency, just being awesome. <laughs> but Chris Godwin is got more yards on the season than Mike Evans does. Yeah, I think. so he's got more than a thousand yards now. Yes, that's first first time in his career he's broke a thousand yards. And Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, with both of them having a thousand yards, are just the fourth pair of teammates to do that within the first eleven games of a season. That's according to Scott Smith, Buccaneers media guy. That's that's incredible. Only four in the history of the NFL have done that. Four tandems. Yeah. That reached 1,000 yards in the 11th week by the 11th week. Some of these records are weird. Like you could do any statistic you want, any measure. It's kind of arbitrary, right? First, yeah. four, only four have done it through 11 weeks. Yeah. So does that, how many have done it through 10? Right. Any? Right. I don't know. Uh, Vita Vey is the heaviest player to ever score a touchdown, according to Football Perspective, whoever they are, at 347 pounds. Uh, John Ogden at 345 pounds did hold the record. So he beat it by two pounds. That could have been water weight. <laughs> Winston was at 300 yards passing for the game. He had a total of 313 yards. And that is his sixth straight game. That's a franchise record and his personal record. Nice. Chris Godwin's performance, it was his career best. The Dabakong Sioux, two touchdowns, fumbles for touchdowns in the same season. Ties Rondé Barber's record for doing it. He did it in 2004. He just Sue was just the second player in team history to do that. Curious. Okay, that's it. I did? Yeah. I'm sure there were more. That was a, that was a uh, historic game. It was a good game. A of, yeah, it was a good I game. I think it's we needed that. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it shows a good, this and the Rams game and maybe the first Carolina game shows what this team is capable of doing. And you get a little bit of flack for the homerism but this is what we touched on last week is that or the last episode when ralph said we're a good team and people fairly make the argument that hey are we really you know we're three and seven but i think the point is when we play to our potential we're a good team if we we have the potential to play like this all the time and it seems like during the season we've shot ourselves in the foot right that to me, that's really the key is that we haven't been getting beat. We've been beating ourselves. Now, the Saints beat us. Uh, we helped them out a little bit, and the refs helped out a little bit. But, you know, they were the better team, both matchups. But it's not like they stopped us. And, you know, we've been in just about every game that we played this year. In a lot of the games, we should have won. The New York game, the Tennessee game. Seattle, we were in it. The Seattle game. Uh, you know, so we've got a good Good group of guys, and they are, they're, they're very talented. They're disciplined. One thing about this defense, the defensive front seven, they just do not get fooled a lot. Now, this was a problem the Buccaneers have had for a long time, especially against, like, Carolina. Carolina used to run a lot of read options and all that good stuff. We get fooled by that crap all the time. 
We don't now. I mean, these guys are very, very disciplined and football smart. You know, if, if there's a play action bootleg or some end arounds or something like that, we're not falling for it. We're, you know, we're, we're seeing it. I mean, there's been a couple this year where we've gotten fooled, but compared to years past, no, we are on top of everything. And it's just a matter of our performing to our ability. That seems to be what holds us back sometimes. The inconsistency. Yes. Uh, Steve Moore on Twitter had brought that up, you know, he was, he was saying, look, we are, our team is what our record says. We, you know, it's bad coaching and bad, uh, the players aren't that good. You know, he's, he's like, they're about average, below average. And, you know, I agreed with him on the coaching. Now that this coaching staff has really disappointed me. I do not think, you know, they come in and they say what coaches always say, you know, we're going to play to the strength of our players. I don't think they've done that. You know, like I said, Devin White is just not good in coverage yet, but they keep him in coverage. A lot, too much, and you know they—they, they, you know he's he's having to cover a large section of the middle of the field, and he gets burned a lot. The tight ends, the tight ends, the pass catching tight yes, ends. they're, they're not, not blocking, blocking tight ends. Uh, O.J. Howard is just not that good at blocking. Uh, Cameron Braid, Auclair, eh, they're okay at blocking. They're not great, but we use them in the blocking situations more than we. I would like us to. Uh, our running backs are not good at pass protection, but yet we keep them in pass protection all the time. You know. Uh, Jameis Winston doesn't read the field well. He doesn't see when receivers are open. He locks in. He has one, maybe two guys that he knows he's going to throw to before he hikes the ball, you know. And so we have this Eric Coriel defense or offense is, you know, predicated on getting guys open. And, you know, just the same thing happened with Dirk Cutter. You know, we would – Dirk Cutter is really good at getting players open. I was actually surprised that we didn't have more open receivers today. But – or that Atlanta didn't have more open receivers – but Jameis Winston doesn't look for that. He doesn't look for open receivers. You know, he's going to throw it to who he decides he's going to throw it to. You know, he locks, you've heard it, he locks on receivers and all that good stuff. He doesn't scan the field to see who's open. Uh, he gets happy feet, all that good stuff. So, you know, we don't, we haven't formed our team around our players' abilities. You know, we've got our defense. Bowles is playing his defense. Doesn't matter what the players' abilities are. Same with the offense. You know, we're playing this offense, which is basically the same as Dirk Cutter's offense last year. Not not quite as innovative as Dirk Cutter's offense. Dirk Cutter used to do a lot of neat stuff that I really liked. I'm just not seeing the innovation at all on our offense uh, or our defense. We started off the first couple of weeks, we had some really good defensive schemes, but then we scaled back, I think, once we saw that our secondary wasn't, they just weren't grasping it. So the coaching staff has been a disappointment to me. Uh, I'm not ready to give up on it by any means, but as far as the player and talent-wise, I think we are much better than our record says. We've got elite-level players in just about every position group. You know, we've got two elite wide receivers. Uh, we've got, uh, I would say, an above-average offensive line. I know people are going to argue with me on that, but we got Ali Marpet, who is, you know, he's an elite guard. On our defense, we've got uh, elite linebacker Levante David. We've got elite uh, nose tackle and Vita Vea. We've got elite. Sue, we've got elite Barrett. You know, we've got like seven or eight elite guys on our team. Most teams do not have that. You know, and then everybody else, I would say, is average or above average. You know, and there's some guys who are right on the cusp of being elite, possibly. So, you know, as far as the team is concerned, talent-wise, I think we're there. We just got to get everybody working together every week and get this mentality of, you know, everybody's not going to play at an elite level, elite level every game. So when one position group or one player is not, other players have to step up and fill that gap, which I think we did today. 
I, I really did. When Winston threw those interceptions, I was like, that's it. It's this, over yeah, already. This defense is going to quit. They have got to be so sick of this, you know. Here they, they stop the damn Falcons from scoring after an interception, and Jameis goes out there and throws another interception, giving them good field position. Defense has got to be like, man, come on. That's been 20 times this year that you've put the defense in a bad situation. 20 times. That's almost two times a game. That's got to be so infuriating for that defense. And to start the game off like that, because you give that opponent such good field position, the score is going to be run up mm-hmm. immediately, and that's not great for your defense. Right. It makes them look bad. It makes, it them, makes them look them... bad. And then the opposing team is probably going to try to run it more. So not that they can run on our defense, but it does tire your defense out more, generally speaking. And then you've got, uh, the wide receivers, you know, I point out in my videos, Jameis Winston normally has three in the high end would be seven or nine times a game where he does not see wide open receivers down the field. That has got to be frustrating for those guys, you know, because they bust their butts to get open and Jameis Winston isn't seeing them. Uh, the- Mike Evans looked a little testy today early in the game yeah, when those interceptions that. were happening. And I don't know if it's he's frustrated with the circumstances or if him and Jameis. We're having issues. That I don't know. Yeah, it's all speculation. It was just yeah, speculation. We don't know. We don't. It was know. just uncharacteristic. Yeah. for Mike Evans. And then you know when the offensive line is playing well, but the running backs are not blocking the blitzers, and Jameis gets sacked or pressured out of that situation, it makes the offensive line look bad. Or you know when Jameis Winston scrambles for no reason and he gets sacked or runs into players and gets taken down, you know that makes the offensive line look bad. So you know a lot of these position groups are getting. It'd be really hard not to get upset at other position groups because they're screwing up and making you look bad. But it seems like it's really not that it's not affecting them that much. I mean, our defense played well today, very well, even though you know Winston threw those two interceptions. They very they very easily could have been like, ah, screw this. Right, the game's over. Yeah, we're not we're not going to sit here and you know have to defend twenty yard fields you know four or five times in this game. But again, some. Parts of the team didn't play well today, Matt Gay being one. I think the one kick was, one extra point was blocked. I don't know if that was his fault, if he kicked it low, if it was uh, the blockers. Guy got through the blockers. I don't know. I thought somebody said Brayton whiffed on a block on that one. Hmm. We'll see on all 22. But the rest of the team stepped up, and that's how you got to play. That's that's what we need to do. It'd be nice if everybody played to, you know, a high level all the time. That's just not really feasible. I mean, you're always going to have you know somebody that's not going to play well during a game. You just need the other guys to step up, which we did today. Right, and it can be for various reasons. It might be that the other team game plan for that particular person to pick on them. So right, like when you play the Patriots. I mean, they're going to take out your best players. So the other units on the team have to step up and take some of the pressure off of you. And I think with Jameis, that's part of his problem. He feels the pressure. Mm-hmm. He wants to do everything. Yes. And he almost plays the game from the get-go with a sense of urgency. Like, he feels like the game is all about what happens right this very second. And a lot of times, I feel like that's when he forces throws that get picked off or just he just makes bad decisions because he's always got this sense of urgency. Like he's always trying to do something right then. He plays frantic is what I like, how I like to describe it. Yeah. But he did well today. Did well today. He did, especially overcoming the mistakes early. But, you know, if he's going to have mistakes, it's better that they happen early like that. So you get them out of the way and you can come back from them. It's when you don't come back from them that is really a problem. But 
the problem. Playing Jacksonville next week, they just got stomped by the Tennessee Titans. Oh, they did? Yeah. Ooh. And they looked really bad. The defense didn't almost look like they've, they've quit. They're, I mean, they're not tackling anybody. Do they still have the guy with the mustache? Oh, Gardner Minshew, is he still the quarterback? No, it's Nick Foles. Oh. Pretty sure. I haven't paid any attention to them. And they've got the one weapon, DJ Chark or whatever his name is. But that's it. Pretty much. So we'll have the breakdown on that game Friday, Wednesday. I'm going to have the film review done. This will be a fun one. Yeah, it'll be a fun one. Have the video out on the YouTubes probably Wednesday afternoon. Uh, If you want to stay and listen to Bruce Arians' press conference after the game, we're going to have it on the podcast here. But that's going to do it for us. Till next time. Go Bucks. Um, again, we, we gave them touchdowns, give them turnovers, but uh, I just love the way everybody, as a team, we played. Um, uh, Rick, you jinxed the kicker, excuse me, but he came back and hit a pretty good field goal, so uh, that was big for him. So, other than that, you know, solid football team in Atlanta, and uh, we'll take the win. What can you say about Chris Godwin's performance today? Yeah, he did a great job down the middle. You know, they're going to play all that cover two, and, and Jameis threw some balls, and he went and got him. They didn't blitz that much. In the last two weeks, they played a whole lot more zone and a lot less blitzing until the fourth quarter. That was the big change in their defense. They started playing a lot of three, a lot of two, all eyes on the quarterback. And, uh, you know, we were ready for it. Balance, you know, you've got to have a chunk in there. But staying balanced, I thought we ran the ball uh, at most of the day pretty day going wild good. I thought Rojo and especially Peyton at the end was, was round, running it hard. And uh, that gives us a chance for play action. What can you say about the job that Mike Evans did, you know, overcame some early struggles? To- yeah, I mean, Mike's a pro. I mean, you know, uh, he, he, not like him to drop a screen pass, that's for sure. And, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, he, he ran the route. We threw a pick. Good job by the corner. What about your new uh, star receiver, uh, Vita? Vita, uh, yeah, we put that play in Friday late. And uh, just looking at their goal line situation, I thought he'd pop out of there pretty clean. And, uh, you know, it was, it was the perfect time. Byron called it at the perfect time. Also, a rare, a rare quarterback sack touchdown catch. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – there was some, a lot of weird in this game. First, the secondary to have – I thought I thought they played really good. You know, we're doubling outside, especially Julio, and and Sean had the one-on-one matchup, and he hung in there, did a good job. Um, you know, that's our three best cover guys, and then Sean got hurt, and Mike went in, and I mean, we dropped five interceptions right in our hands. That's the only negative about our defense. I mean, Levante never drops a pick six. You know, I mean, five of them, and uh, or it's a totally different game. Excuse me. Did you have an update on Bunting's knee? Uh, he looks fine. He's walking around pretty good. So what have you seen from Carlton Davis this whole year coming up to playing a little bit more aggressive in these last couple of games and obviously getting the bigger set? Yeah, he, he's always been really good in press. He's playing so much better off with his eyes and break, breaking on. I mean, he had a pick six. Uh, and just uh, Dean had a pick six. They just went right through their hands. I mean, uh, we can get on the jugs with these guys. How balanced is this young defense? I mean, where are your young guys going to be led by him and the sacks? And then that Carl mentioned uh, two sacks by uh, Devin. By Devin White. I mean, that's huge. I mean, these guys are growing and growing. And, you know, they're coming in early and they're staying late. And it's really starting to show up.
Texas defense had held two fairly good offenses in check with the Saints. <laughs> I thought at halftime, Byron and Goody made really, really good adjustments on how we were blocking some inside runs and, 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 and broke a couple. Uh, throughout the whole game, I thought Byron really made good adjustments. Speaking to that, do you think this was the best performance from your offensive line so far this year? One of them. I don't, you know, um, our, our play action especially. We got a lot of time, and uh, I thought Jameis did a good job of running when it was necessary and, and making first downs. What about from a play calling standpoint? Would, would, would this have been one of Byron's better games? Oh, I don't know. I think the Rams. I mean, it's going to be a tough to top the Rams game and the Seattle game, but this was a good one. You know, Jameis has the interceptions early. Like Mike ran a great route, um, and he has a jump pass, right? His ability to, to discompartmentalize that and come back to the 300 pass. Yeah, I mean, that's Jameis and Mike. They, next play, you know, and, and Trufant made a great play. He was off and he cut it in. He just knew the backside pattern and undercut it and, you know, made a good play on it. Yeah, I mean, you guys wonder, like, you know, because of those two interceptions, are you, are you glass half full, glass? My glass is full as hell, and it's going to get real full in a minute. <laughs>